0: on the 28th of May. So get in and get your tickets. Now they are going very fast. Please go to guiltyfeminist.com and just click on live shows for any of these events.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot,
2: but I
0: just bought quite an expensive lipstick I really wanted on the grounds that the shade was called Activist. (laughs) I also bought a lip gloss called Honey Trap even though it is named after the character of the seductress who lures in the cheating husband in 1940s detective films to prove he's unfaithful. (laughs) I am currently wearing Activist. What do you think? Fantastic. Mm, to it be was honest. only after I bought it though, I realised on the side of the box it said girl, like activist girl. And I thought that's like activist Barbie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got a little picket,
1: like got a little sign yeah. saying, like, down with something. Down with the patriarchy. Down with the patriarchy. I am a feminist, but I definitely prioritised slightiness over quality for Halloween costumes this year. Uh, <laughs> it's so hard because you know when you get a really good idea for a Halloween costume and you're like, it's a bit. bit up here, think I'm beautiful right (laughs) because it's the one time a year it's like a Mean girls joke right it's the one time a year you can get away with wearing the craziest thing you would never ever wear normally like this dress is legit see-through which was unfortunate until I found out that these lights are very very
0: heavy um I'm a feminist but I recently danced to the misogynistic anthem blurred lines At a birthday party because I didn't want to leave my friend on the dance floor alone as under the circumstances, politically speaking, it was not a sisterly thing to do. (laughs) Admittedly, I did not have to sing along. And in fairness, I probably could have got away for Smack My Bitch Up. (laughs) Sometimes the misogynistic songs are the best ones to dance to. I know.
1: I've got a whole it's routine really I've got a whole routine odd. about this in my show because it's just so it ruins good songs.
0: It ruins good songs. It ruins good songs. And even
1: like, you know, we all know school disco when you're twelve, like ignition by remix by R. Kelly. No, I mean no no no. Don't work before don't work before I'm what I'm about to say. Because he is a downright dirty dog. He's a terrible man, I and where do, like, i don't know where to sit on that now. Okay. Like, not to sit All on right. It. That was a weird.
0: <laughs> I describing that, but I might have talked about this on this podcast before. But mm. that is my song with my husband because we had this really funny moment. We're just sitting there watching MTV, <laughs> and then he never dances, and he was doing this funny dance for me. Yeah. And I said, "You like our Kelly, are you?" And he went, "Yeah. What's he like?" I laughed for so long and then I said this is it you know this is happiness like we're not going to be any happier in a bigger house with more money in the bank this is it this is a moment so when we got married that was our song (laughs) which you know mama rolling that body got every man in here wishing is not the lyrics to many people's love song with their partner but it was just a funny moment anyway so I had to do a story for the storytelling podcast live audience you know the theme I think was happiness so I did this whole thing where I quoted all of the lyrics and then at the end that sort of became the last story Mm. and it was like a sort of considered piece the next day it came out in the paper that R. Kelly had like an underground ring of young women and like was kidnapping women or something. I don't know. Allegedly, I don't know exactly what the details were. I was too terrified to look. And this is coming out. And I am going to get so much shit on the internet.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm a feminist, but as a woman of colour, I shudder when I hear uh, people say woman of colour. It's such a weird term for me. It just reminds me of, um, you know, at Disneyland, um, the fireworks show is called um, World of Colour. And uh, yeah, someone's really happy about that memory. Uh, it just reminds me of this weird. I don't know. Okay, I feel like I've had a nerve here
0: because people are like, "I just feel like I should not have an opinion on this at all." <laughs> no, I'm after trying Ar- to back you up, but not after R say...
1: Not after R No, game.
0: no. We should
1: rebrand it to like, something like really, like, just cool and like snap. I don't know. We need to get a PR firm on this trip, You know, I don't know. I have no idea what I'd use.
0: No, I don't know what the alternative is. And the again, the Avengers. I don't know. <laughs> Can we use that? Yeah, is that copyright infringement. I'm good with that. Yep. I'm a feminist, but when I was sitting on the beachfront in Sydney last week, an admittedly hot American waiter brought my food, smiled at me, and said, "Can I take your number?" And I had had zero flirtation or banter with this guy. And what I wanted to say was, in the week of Weinstein, you're not even gonna make conversation first, you're just gonna get straight in there, take in my phone number. Has Tinder done away with even basic pleasantries? But what I actually said was, I'm married. And it was at that moment I realized he was reaching for the number on a stick on my table. (laughs) That I had taken off the counter so they'd know where to bring my food. So I had to add, I'm married, and my husband still hasn't had his order yet. And he was like, oh, okay. And I could see his face was like, that's a lot of information. (laughs) Sure, just yes or no, it's fine. My husband was actually in London. There was no more food to come. I just had to eat it really quickly and run. But as the waiter walked away, and I almost died of embarrassment, an old man at the next table leant over, grinned, and said, I like your pants. (laughs) And I thought, still got it. Not in the way I'd hoped, but still got it.
1: (laughs) That was amazing quick thinking, though. I would not have had the mind to do that. I would have been like, yes, (laughs) My, My husband s- is real. <laughs> I can Skype him if you want. <laughs> I would have loved you to started uh, the opening sentence was, in a week of Weinstein. <laughs> 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 so measured, so calm, so ready
0: to just pounce. In a week of, wine a week of Weinstein. Do not think <laughs> it's more appropriate to discuss with a woman her attitude on... Politics or even the weather before you start inviting her to sexual congress. <laughs> of course, you can take my number back it's to incredible. the counter. <laughs> Beachfront waiter who has no interest in me whatsoever.
1: To be fair, he sounds hot. Um, um, okay, and I've got one very short one in mine. On um, I'm a feminist, but I would have sex with Robbie Williams' past and current versions. Um, <laughs>
0: Live from the Town Hall in Auckland, the Sponsored show presents The Guilty feminist with Deborah Francis White and guest co-host Rose Matafeo and very special guest Alice Sneddon, talking about Taking Charge. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Guys, I have to
1: address up top. I am going to a Halloween party. <laughs> right after this, and I realize, yes, I am right now doing whiteface, okay. Because <laughs> I'm going as white feminism. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm going as magenta from Rocky Horror, so I just don't want to freak anyone out.
0: I've come as sort of Captain Bird's Eye. (laughs) It's a sick look without the
1: hat. No context. It's fantastic. Oh, I have
0: a hat. I bought this really cute hat. And then I got on the plane in New York. And a flight attendant said, were you planning on flying this plane? (laughs) Because I had... If you're listening at home, this jacket is a bit military. It has brocade on. And I just thought I didn't want the hat to get squashed. You know, it was a kind of peaked cap. Mm. And I did look a bit like I was going to make a run for the (laughs) cockpit.
1: It's such a cute idea that you dressed up for the plane as the pilot.
0: (laughs) That's so sweet. I did, And that brings us to our theme of leadership. Yes. You know, there are guys in the world who'd be like, yep, I'll have a go. I'll have a go at flying the plane, right? Absolutely. There there are. How many men in the audience tonight just give us a cheer if you're a man? And just give us a cheer if you think, if the pilot, the co-pilot both had heart attacks, would you have a go, sir? He'd definitely give it a go.
3: Okay. He'd
0: definitely give it a go. There are men that you, have a sort of... You seem way
1: too chill to be taken on that leadership role. <laughs> He's wearing a shirt, an open shirt, not buttoned up, a chill T-shirt underneath. If I saw a pilot dressed like you, I'd be like, get me off this plane.
0: <laughs> so, we're talking about leadership, taking charge. I can't help but notice, New Zealand, that you've had a Whoa. recent... <laughs> well, a recent exploration... Yeah. Uh, if you're listening abroad and you get your news from Twitter and you haven't noticed, uh, New Zealand has a female Prime Minister who's only... I, uh, love, I love
1: to imagine the one person in the crowd who didn't know what you were all clapping about yeah, and like, just going with it. Just being like, "Woo! Yeah, yeah, what are we talking about?
0: <laughs> right. Yes, uh, Jacinda, and she's 37. Which, which makes everyone feel very relaxed about what they've achieved with their lives, doesn't it? <laughs> Very relaxing, whatever age you are. If you're under 37, you're like, "Fuck, how many years till I'm prime minister?" If you're older 37, you are just like, "Well." Ah, I mean, it's scary. T- to be fair, both Jesus and Mozart were already dead by the time that Jacinda got into office. But what is she really doing? Yeah.
1: No, yeah. I am. Um, I won the uh, most likely to become prime minister award uh, when I was year six. Um,
0: thank well, you. No, wait for what it. What was um, the, the sample size go- of people who voted, it was, though, the, no, it
1: was the um, No, enti- it was chosen by the teachers. It was both year six classes. But bear in mind, I got the girl version of the award, and Asher Emmanuel got the boy version of the award. Oh, so you were still, most you know, likely to
0: be girl prime minister? Girl prime minister, yeah. Wow. You're younger than Jacinda, aren't you? You're 20, 25, 25? Yeah. yeah, so you've got so loads got, of time. I've got a
1: few years left. But I feel like there's too much dirt on me. I've said too many horrible things on my own podcast. <laughs> Like someone's going to dig deep and just find some terrible shit. Yeah. Uh, you could, could still be President of the United States if yeah, Trump exactly. has anything to go on, though. So that's... Wow.
0: Would, would you
1: ever become Prime Minister?
0: I think probably not.
1: Uh, <laughs> I love it. you're like genuinely thinking. Yeah, it. <laughs> I'm
0: thinking, I'm thinking, Paterons. sure, but I don't know where I'd be Prime Minister. Like in Britain, they'd be like, don't they need you in Australia? Like, yeah, really, vice really. versa. And in Australia, they'd be like, you sound like a pom, mate. Yeah, the thing is, I went to university before Facebook, so that's good for my ability to be prime minister. Because anybody who went to university during Facebook—I mean, I suppose someone from that era is going to have to be prime minister at some point.
1: Yeah, God, that's an amazing Because there's going to be dirt on everybody. Yeah, like, imagine a prime minister desperately messaging friends to untag
0: them in photos. (laughs) to be like well, guys presumably Jacinda has had to do that probably Jacinda must have they because must she's, have cool. she's cool she she's probably, cool she's yeah. cool there's got to be some racy photos of her somewhere <laughs> yeah. don't yeah, dig those up though no I don't want that coming from the Guilty Feminist podcast she was doing so well that the Guilty Feminist made everyone dig up racy photos <laughs> six months later she had to resign no that's not what we're going for here
1: she's legit though she's awesome
0: yeah no she does seem amazing she's so cool does anyone know her personally I've met Just, her have you yeah what, you hangout? Wouldn't. What? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Have you met her? <laughs> no. Yeah, but no, she, um, she
1: weirdly, I do an a do a improv show, and she comes, to, she's a real huge supporter of the arts, obviously, in Auckland. Yeah, but and improv. Really Shut up! In a very yeah, real, I so know. my background's in improv, and I wouldn't... She's come to, a, she's done a monologue at our improv show. She's what? The fir, yeah, she's the first, I guess, prime minister snort. We do it uh, on, uh, at the basement, uh, just uh, down the way. Yeah one person um, uh, has been once. But yeah, she did a monologue at our improv show which is... um, What did she monologue about? I forgot actually. (laughs) Alice... Rose, this was such a good story. No, Alice knows. Alice, tell me, what was it?
0: Alice is in the audience, where are you? Teeth. Teeth. Oh, some. She got. She told a dentist story. Okay, all right. Amazing. All right. When Alice comes up, we might ask her to recreate that. She's super cool. She's She's super cool
1: though, and uh, yeah. But was there someone in the audience who was pointing at their mate? They met
0: Jacinda. Yeah. Are you mates? You friends with Jacinda? How do you know? Would she like to guest tomorrow? Because our guest has dropped out. Can 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 you
1: give her? her, Can you give us her number?
0: Yeah. Just add us to a WhatsApp group. That's all we're asking. Yeah. Let's go. Okay, I'm a feminist, but I am prepared to use somebody's husband to get the right introduction.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Deborah Francis
0: So, I want to tell you about a time in my life where I took charge, where I feel like I was provoked to take charge where I wasn't meant to be in charge. Somebody phoned me up a few years ago before I was doing The Guilty Feminist, and they asked me if I would come and... record a taster tape for a television dating show. And I thought, I don't really know if I want to do a dating show. And the producer said, look, I think you're really great. And listen, even if you don't want to do a dating show, the network will see how funny you are because we've got a script, but we want you to sort of ad lib and make it funny. And they'll see you and they'll know your name and they might think of you for something else. So it'd be really worth your while. Now we're really not paying much. They're paying like pennies, but I think it'll be great for your profile. So I got there and it wasn't a television studio it was the foyer of a television production company it was just it was just the it was a foyer what was what it was but they closed it down because it was a Sunday and so we were recording all day in this closed down office and so I go over to the coffee table I'm getting a coffee and there's a chap there uh who says he's also a comedian and I said oh what are you doing for the show today he said I'm hosting the show I said well I, I think I'm I'm hosting the show for the taster tape, I, I don't think you are. And he said, "Well, no, I'm hosting the show for the taster tape." And I said, "Well, I, I'm hosting the show for the tape." He said, "Well, I'm hosting the show for the." I said, "Well, I'm hosting the show for the taster tape." Said, oh, I'm hosting the show for the taster tape. And then the producer, who's booked us both, comes over and goes, "Oh, guys, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. They couldn't really decide whether they wanted a woman or a gay guy, so they're going to record the whole taster tape with both of you. The whole thing with Deborah, then the whole thing with Barry." And then whichever one we like the most is the one we'll show the network. I was like, firstly, you will not have time to do that. I thought in my head and didn't say. Secondly, you have promised Barry and both me that we'll be seen by the network, and that's why we've given up our whole day for like 10 pounds. Barry says to me, well, I hope they use mine because I've given up my day job to do this. So I was like, do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? Should I just go? And the producer was like, no, 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 no. It's very key that we see the tape with a woman and a gay guy. Now, a woman and a gay guy, you have to understand, in television terms, are the same thing. (laughs) So... So then we go into this meeting with the two guys who are actually running this show, who've come up with the idea. And they go, yeah, yeah, we're not really a uh, dating show type of guys. Like, we don't really do this kind of stuff. We've never done this stuff before. We do political documentaries. But well, one night we went to the pub and we got absolutely rat assed And we thought, we came up with an idea for a dating show. We thought it was so funny. This is so funny. Imagine us doing a dating show, us doing a dating show. Like, normally we're doing, like, you, you know, documentaries about Europe and stuff. So we said to our mate at the network, we were like, oh, my God, we've come up with a funny idea for a dating show. And he said, oh, my God, that's so funny funny we should give you some money to make a taster tape and I just looked at them and I was just like in my head I was just going do you know how many ideas my friends and I have developed with our hearts sweat, and tears we have never had any money to develop that we have pitched over the years and basically you got drunk threw up on a commissioning editor and he gave you 10,000 pounds is that what's happened didn't say that obviously but in my head I said it so they said right the first part of this uh show is going to be online Anybody could put their picture up and say they want to be in the dating show, and then the audience at home are going to pick the people they want to be on the dating show. And I was like, okay, so how's that going to work? Like, if 500 or 5,000 people put their pictures up? Oh, Simon, I haven't thought of that. Have you thought of that? I haven't thought of that either, Tony. No, I haven't thought of that. Have you thought of that, Simon? I haven't thought of that. I haven't thought of that. We'll just leave that bit out. And they pitched more and more and more of the dating show, and I explained to them really nicely why more and more and more of their dating show would not work. And Barry, who wanted this to be his big break, said nothing. He was just staring at me like, stop telling them their show is broken. <laughs> <laughs> so we go in. there's cameras, there's a big crew all standing around. Right, we're going to get Deborah to do it first. And I'm thinking, we've got nine hours or something. This is no way that Barry is ever going to get a go. So Barry's sitting on the side looking like a puppy. They start off by saying, yeah, so just say something at the top. Say something at the top. Like, I'm Margaret Cable Smith, and this is the dating game. And I went, right, sorry, I'm Deborah Francis White. Did you want Margaret Cable Smith? And I go, what? No, I don't know who Margaret Cable Smith is. I was like, well, you just said her name. Oh, I don't know, it's just in the back of my mind. I don't know, I don't know who Margaret Cable Smith is. I'm just saying, you just say, I'm Margaret Cable Smith. Well, I can't say that because I'm not. I'm Deborah Francis White. I'm not making any of this up. This is what was happening. Well, whatever your name is, you just say, just say the version of your name that you're most comfortable with. (laughs) well that would be my name then Deborah Francis like whatever doesn't matter just say your name whatever blah 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 I'm Margaret Cable Smith and this is the dating game I was like okay and then just say something like this is the show where the viewers at home and the studio audience get to decide who our lucky contestant goes home with at the end of the night on the dating game because Cupid's in the building or something like that just make that funny and short So normally in the situation, there'd be cue cards and they would have a script. And what they want you to do is just be a bit playful with it. So I was there going, okay, well, so do you not have any script? Oh, no, we don't have any script. That's why we've got you, because you're good at ad-libbing. What you're going to say is, I'm Margaret Cable Smith. And this is a dating game and viewers at home, studio audience, blah, 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 blah. Lucky love Only funny and short. So I was like, okay, fine. So I did it. And I made it pithy. And then he'd say, just stop, 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 stop. What you said was studio audience, you said studio audience and viewers at home. No, that is the right way around. Sorry. No, it's meant to be that way around. Sorry, as you were. And then we're going to get on with the first round. Now, the first round is where our 17 young men chosen from the studio audience come out onto the stage and they fry an egg. And Sarah, our contestant here, is going to decide which one of them has fried the egg that she likes the most. And then the viewers at home, and the all studio audience are going to decide and they're all going to vote too by text or buzzer. How will anyone determine at home which is the best fried egg? Like, what? on what basis? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. On the night, it'll be better than that. But right now, we've got fried eggs. So, yeah, so you just say something like, I'm Daisy Fawcett-Brown, and this is uh, is the dating game, and uh, now we're going to have all of these chaps fry these eggs. By hour four, I was doing it, though. I was doing it. I was doing it really well. I want you to know that. I was doing it well. Barry comes up in the first tea break and says, would I be able to go? Because he thinks he might be able to get back some of his shift from his day job. And I go, oh, no, Barry, no, Barry. Okay, all right, it's pretty clear, Barry. We're not going to have time. We're not going to have time, are we, Simon? We're not going to have time to get you to do the whole thing again because that's not realistic. Really, no shit, Simon, No shit. (laughs) But what we're going to do is get you to do like an after show, sort of like an extra slice type, you know, after show. And I was thinking, you're never going to make a fucking after show of a taster tape. That is not going to happen. So we need you to stay, Barry. It's really key that you stay. So Barry sits down again, and on we continue. And it's, yeah, so we're just back. So we're back from the break. And uh, I'm, I'm uh, Hillary Rodden Clinton, and this is the dating game. And we're back from the break. And I'm Camilla Parker-Bowles, and this is the dating game. Go. And we're back from the break. We're back from the break. And we're back from the break. More and more ridiculous things. Men doing laps. Men doing push-ups. Men dancing the hula. Each round is more stupid. Each round. And they start saying, I'm doing jokes. They start saying, actually, don't do jokes. What? We've decided we don't want it to be funny. Right, well, I'm, this tape's going to the machine editor, so I sort of do want it to be funny. No, 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 there's no need for jokes. And then Simon goes, yeah, so just say, you know, I'm Tiffany Laura Stevenson. And I'm like, that is not my name. And he goes, no one cares what your name is. It's not going to be you if we make it to television anyway. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, it's not going to be you. It'll be Davina McCall. I was like, Davina McCall will not touch this shit. (laughs) Don't. I'm not going to do it. How are you going to get Davina McCall? And I saw the crew look down, embarrassed at their feet. Because this was like hour eight. And I'd been on my feet, in heels, making their format work. I was so stunned, I just took it. And then... Right at the end, they went, Barry, we don't have time to do your segment. So what we're gonna do is, on the night, in the real, right, we would have a psychologist come to just make sure everybody's sort of at the end, like some kind of psychological round. I was like, what, to make sure people who are doing this are psychologically fit? And he was like, yeah, whatever. And uh, so we'll just pop you into a white coat, and we'll just get you to wave over the titles. So Barry had been there, honestly, between 10 and 12 hours at this point, sitting there doing nothing. All Barry was going to do was get to wave in a white coat. Literally, that was it. And I was just like, no. On behalf of myself, I will suck it up. But right now, I need to take charge. So I stepped forward and I said, this is not okay. You can use him or not use him, but don't make him wave in a white coat. And he went, Yo, yeah, yeah, look, we don't have time for this. we are going to end it now. Just say, I'm Patricia Routledge-Smiths. And this is the dating game. And I just stopped, and I just went, okay, excuse me, sorry. Could you cut, please? Could you turn the camera off? Yeah, no, we're not rolling, are we? No, great, okay, good. Okay, I have stood here in heels for 12 hours. I have made your format work. I have ad-libbed because you have no script. You have kept a man here for 12 hours for 10 pounds or something, and you have given him nothing to do but wave in a white coat. And this is enough. My name is not Margaret Cabon Smith. My name is not Hillary Rodham Clinton. My name is not Camilla Parker Bowles. I am a comedian. If you didn't know who I was at the beginning of the day, you should know now, because you've been in front of me for 12 hours. My name is Deborah Frances White. And if you don't get it right, I am walking out the door. And, And the crew did that. The crew applauded. And the guy went, oh all right then. Okay, I'm sorry. You're Deborah Francis White. And I was like, yes I am. And this was the dating game. (laughs) Good night. Thank you very much. Sometimes you've just got to take charge, I think. You've just got to take charge. It's not your yeah. room, but there are times when the room needs you to take charge. Are they still doing auditions, though, or...? Are <laughs> they still doing what? i be, I be keen. <laughs> um, okay, we should do our challenge. My friend is a choir master and a singer, mm-hmm. and he has done this before where he divides the audience up and gets them to sing, and when yes. I've tried to do it, it's fallen apart. <laughs> and he told me it's leadership, so I'm going to try it tonight with this audience. I'm going to set it up and then I'm going to get Rose to come in and be a co-leader and we're going to try what I call a kind of collaborative leadership style there's going to be two sides of this audience what's your name sir Robert okay so this side of the audience including the balcony you are now all called Robert okay what's your name great okay what's your name Oh, Oliver. Okay, I wasn't pointing at you, but I love that you've included yourself. Okay, great. Um, we'll took leadership, This side of the room, you're called Oliver. What's your name? Oliver. Okay, so the first song that we're going to get you to sing all together, and then we're going to get you to sing another song all together, and then we're going to see if we can put Robert and Oliver in different camps. That's what we're doing. So the first song is, do you know this song? Oh, when the saints go marching in, oh, when the saints go marching in, I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in great okay so we all know that song mm-hmm. anyone not sure of it when the saints go marching in when the saints go marching in i would be in that number when the saints go marching in this song a little bit harder i take the high road and you take the low road and i'll be in scotland for ye but me and my true love will never meet again on the bonnie bonnie banks of loch loman Okay, very few people are okay Six people knew song. that, that was good. <laughs> and you guys really knew it. I'll take the high road, you take the low road, and I'll be in Scotland before ye. For me and my true love, will never meet again on the Bonnie Bonny, Bonny Banks of Loch Lomond. Okay, are we ready? Uh, so Oliver, you're gonna sing when the saints, when the saints go marching yeah, Okay, so we're just gonna start with you singing, and then I'm gonna bring these guys in, okay? Yep. So, right. and Rose and I just through communication of eyes and false eyelashes, are going to beautifully lead this so that we're singing at the same time and the mission is not to sing loudly and drown out the other team it's to work collaboratively and beautifully together so we can hear both maybe rose will bring up one i'll bring you down then i'll bring you up rose will bring you down and we're going to end beautifully okay due to our leadership
1: i feel like i'm going to mess this up no I, I have you're not rose and- rose
0: you, this is going to prove that you should be prime minister Thank you. (laughs) Okay. All right. So so this is just Oliver. Ready? Oh, Oh, when the saints go marching
1: in. Oh, when the saints go marching in. I I want to be in that... I don't even know the lyrics. I don't even know the lyrics. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Great start. Again. Oh, when the saints go go
0: marching 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 in.
1: Oh, when the saints go marching in. I want in that number. Oh and I'm drunk. Go oh, marching in. Oh when the saints go marching in. Oh when the saints go marching in. How I love. You take it away there. Oh when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints the go marching, the moon, marching in. Take the Lord. Oh, when the boy, saints go marching before in. You. How I love to be on that number of Oh, when the saints go marching in. Ignore them. Oh, when the, the saints behind. go marching in. Oh, when back, stop stop the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in, oh, when the saints, I'll take go the high in.
0: road and you take the oh, low road. Oh, when the road. saints go You'll be marching in, the you and me and my true love will never meet again. Oh, to when you. the saints the go, go bonnie, marching bonnie banks in, of Loch Lomond. Oh, when the saints go
1: marching in, oh, when the saints go marching in.
0: I wanna be in that number when the the saints go marching in.
1: I've ever done it. Yeah, considering I never knew the third lyric to that. For
0: the entire time. Well, what was it? I want to be in that number. Did you not pick it up in all of that time? In all of that time. This just goes to show. That goes to show
1: female co leadership really hides
0: mistakes. It just goes to show that many of our leaders know nothing about what's really going on. (laughs) But they're standing up the front, they're waving. They look like they know, and we assume that they do. Wrongly. Um, So my experience of that, from a leadership point of view, was the first time I had to get Robert to come in with the Loch Lomond song, Uh I balked at it, because I thought, I'm going to get them to come in at the wrong time, and I'm going to crash your good song. Mm -hmm. And then really, if I'm strictly honest, they started it off. Now... (laughs) But... I joined in and I led the rest of Robert. And then I wanted to bring it down so that yours would be louder. And other times I wanted to bring mine up so that mine would be louder. And for a while I found it hard to catch her eye because
1: you were so keen. I was desperately trying to remember one lyric. Sure. I'm a smart person. How did I not remember one lyric? I know it was very hard, yeah. And because of my eyelashes, obviously, it was kind of barriers. to see. Sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is why, on. when in a leadership role, you should not wear false eyelashes. Don't do it. And so when I did get your eye, I felt like I could bring mine up, and I felt like I could
1: trust you. I felt a connection.
0: Yeah, I did. I did. That I was did. a really good moment. I mm-hmm. thought, oh, and it really worked. And, then and I there I thought, was a connection
1: of two people who had no idea what they were doing, locking
0: eyes and going, we're getting away with this. <laughs> You've just described democracy. <laughs> Guilty Feminist. It's Deborah Francis-White, briefly interrupting your podcast listening to let you know that there are some shows coming up that you might want to come and see. We're heading back to Australia on Saturday, the 24th of February. We will be at the Royal Theatre Adelaide as part of the Adelaide Fringe Festival. So come and check us out in Adelaide on the 1st and 2nd of March. We will be at the Cooper's Malt House, Melbourne. Hello, Melbourne. And we will be at the Sydney Opera House for two shows on the same day, two shows on Sunday, 4th of March at the Sydney Opera House. Come and see us there. And we will be at the London Palladium for our 100th ever show in the West End on Thursday, the 24th of May. Some people were disappointed they missed out on the February Suffragette show. So there's another show at the London Palladium with Guardian Live. Get tickets now for the 24th of May. There are other shows coming up in the UK and elsewhere, so watch out for those. And you can get details of any of these shows at guiltyfeminist.com. Please clap your hands and make huge Guilty Feminist woo-hooing noises for the wonderful Rose DeFeo! <laughs> <laughs> Stand up, Great. Right.
1: What to say on this, so leadership is an interesting thing. It's so much to do with confidence, right? So much to do with confidence and how much people believe in you and what you can do, or your ability to do something. It showcases the discrepancy between what people expect women to be able to do as opposed to men. I recently discovered, and you guys probably—you got a very woke audience here, okay? Uh, you guys probably know this already. I was researching like the moon landing, right? And I realized that not one woman. I don't know if anyone knows this, has ever been on the moon. Basically, what happened back in the late 60s is that NASA just sent up all these fucking, you know, bros up to the moon, right, with like a six-pack of VB or something, and we're just like, yeah, chill, chill out, invite some mates over, just fucking have a party, man. And but then female astronauts came along, and they were like, hey, um, do you reckon we could um, maybe just, maybe it might be our turn to... Um, Popped up or anything because we obviously we wrote we actually wrote the most the code, you know, to get you guys up there the first time, and uh, you know, it might just be our turn because we've got a lot of good nerfiness. And NASA basically went, um, so we actually stopped doing those this afternoon, so um, we actually can't see it. There's no more missions going up, so we kind of stopped doing that. Ran out of money, so you might get your period up there as well. So we don't know what that means scientifically, right? It's something to do with tides or like you know tides it's like putting a compass on a magnet I don't know it's something weird right and it's like NASA what is the weirder thing what is the weirder scientific miracle the fact that I as a woman get a period every month or you as dudes have dicks that literally change shape when you see boobs like that's (laughs) that's the craziest scientific miracle there your dicks are transformers don't give a shit about that right it's not even just the opportunities that you're afforded I think because it's so ingrained for you from such a a young age I feel and for me I um, I had two older brothers growing up I was the youngest I was the only girl and from a very very young age I think it becomes so clear how your gender kind of shapes uh, what expectations there are on you as you grow up with specifically I found with older brothers the toys that we'd have growing up seeing the difference between toys that are directly marketed to boys and toys that are directly marketed to girls is astonishing right because it basically sets you up for what they expect you to be in the future and for young boys it is often you know leadership roles people who take control of stuff you get stuff like a uh, lego right building blocks bob the builder stuff action men stuff you know like hot wheels and stuff stuff that you know teaches young boys reach for the stars you can do anything the world's your oyster you know You land on a cloud, it'll all be fine, you can be a leader. Girls, and (laughs) most of which you are tonight, yes, you know what we got. Do you remember, we got fucking toy plastic cash registers. Do you remember that? Prams, we got prams, right? We got those fucked up baby born dolls. Did anyone have those as a kid? Someone showed up their hand and very quickly put it down. I was like, I should not be proud of that. But they were... We got. I had one of them as well. For those of you who don't remember what a baby-born doll was, right? essentially a baby-born doll was a, a plastic baby doll that literally shits and pisses into a nappy that you, as a six-year-old, have to change. Like, what kind of psychotic parent is buying their child this as a toy and being like, sorry, babe, your life's fucked, bye. Like, See you later. And then we have the goal to chastise, you know, a a girl for, when they get to the age of 14, 15, they start getting pregnant, as if that wasn't what we were socially programmed to do from a young age, or that was the expectation that we're only, like, you know, been put on this earth to have children, right? It's terrible, yeah. Because if I was 14 years old, guys, and I figured out, right, that I could make free baby borns... (laughs) come out of my vagina, I'd be like, chuck that shit on eBay, right, like that's, that's a a small business right there, yeah, and I challenge any dude in the audience as well, if you found out you can make Hot Wheels come out of the ends of your dicks, you'd be right there as well, you'd be like, that's a loop to loop one there, it's more expensive, Um, great, that's me, leadership, great, (laughs) Yes, okay. Would you like to introduce her? I'd love to introduce her. Um, unfortunately, she didn't send through a bio for me, so I know nearly nothing about her. Um, <laughs> apart from that, she's one of my best friends. I do a podcast with her called Bonus of the Heart. Um, she's a fantastic <laughs> comedian, nominated for the Billy T. Award this year, a writer on John Ben of Funny Girls. Please, welcome to the stage, Alice Netter.
4: Hello, Alice. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it's nice to be up here separated from you all now. <laughs> yeah, she was kind of like a plant yeah. in the audience, you right? thought I was one of you. I wasn't.
0: <laughs> you were in Robert, what was that like? Um, I mean, you weren't moving. literally in Robert, that <laughs> sounds wrong.
4: No, no, I was earlier on. Um, that's a private thing, I don't want to get into sure, it. Sure, It was a pinky, mostly. Um, no! I'm sorry. I've already made it filthy, you and misunderstood I misunderstood
0: the tone of yeah, this podcast. Well, I don't regret it, though. No, I can see that. That's what's nice about it. Yeah. How do you feel as a woman? In do you think aroused?
4: We, do no. You um, think, <laughs>
0: do you think we see enough? Are you feeling like Are you feeling like the tides turning now? It feels like there's a you know there's been lots of marches. Have you had lots of marches, women's marches here in New Zealand? We did.
4: We've had like one. Yeah. <laughs> we did. You went on that one though, didn't you? I did. I did go on that march. Um, for the whole way.
0: <laughs> and, and that's its own challenge, Alice.
4: Thank you. That's it. The best part Come about on. that march was I was there in my like feminist merchandise, uh, which is the best part about being a feminist. <laughs> And I was with my sister and my mum, who are also in their feminist merch, and I was like, this is a beautiful moment. And then about halfway through the march, my mum was like, are you sure you want to wear your hair
0: like that? I
4: was like, please don't critique me on a march for women's rights.
0: No, yeah, that is not really the place. That's a bit of an I'm a feminist. Yeah, yeah. You start get paranoid about your
3: hair. Yeah, exactly.
0: I genuinely do feel like women are going, I'm bored of this, like I'm angry of this now, and I am actually going to step into the limelight and I'm not going to sit and take it anymore. Are you feeling like that's a movement?
4: I'm cynical about it, to be honest. I want to be like, yep, it's happening, but uh, it's been centuries of it not happening. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, time will tell, but I do feel positive about it. Like the last time I was in this room, it was because I was watching Jacinda at the Labour launch, and this was, yeah and this was an overflow room and it was jam-packed and I was like this is great that felt different actually I do have a story about her oh oh, Um, please yes I did a I can't remember what it was for I did some sort of thing with her so I had her number in my phone and thank you (laughs) do you still have it? I do, but I'm not getting my phone out. <laughs> do, you think, do, you, do you think she's changed it? Though? Oh, 100%. I mean, not because um, of you. I don't, I'm not saying she changed it because you Oh, no, it's because it. of me. I was calling her nonstop. <laughs> I was like, I just want to chat. <laughs> no, but I was out on the town. Thank you. And um, we, we needed to go home and we needed to call an Uber. And you know, there's like an Uber split function. And my friend grabbed my phone and split the Uber with her. And she declined. And then I voted for the Green Party. So (laughs) take that, Jacinda. (laughs) Not my prime minister. (laughs) I'm kidding. I actually really like her. I had a very surreal moment with her when she just became leader. I was doing like a debate thing and um, we had to debate each other me versus her we were the leaders of the teams and right before I was like full on panicking because I was nervous and she was like rubbing my back telling me it was going to be okay and I was like this is weird
0: (laughs) are you sure this isn't a dream because that sounds a lot like a dream
4: it does sound like a dream but it happened if there's there's, anyone here who was there oh my god it was a dream
0: (laughs) (laughs) if I I remember Theresa May robbing my back and telling me it would all be okay. It would definitely have been a dream
4: or a drug trip. I know. It, it's cr- real it, it really is crazy terrible. that we all... It feels like everyone kind that, of knows her yeah, a bit. But Zealand. That right
0: there mm. means you... Like Presumably in no other point have you gone, oh, well, when the Prime Minister and I were debating together. like It feels like <laughs> yeah. she's much
1: more accessible. I mean, our last Prime Minister... Or, I mean, not last, but like John Key being our Prime Minister. Obviously, he has friends. He hangs out with people, but they're just not the circle of friends you would ever imagine having. Um, You know what I mean? Like, as, especially a a woman, I feel like, I mean, how many female friends does John Key genuinely have? Like, you know, like, do you reckon? Like, I don't know if he would. Well, And And it's just like, it's a really, it's exciting thing to know that someone in that position of power moves in circles
0: that is kind of like a approachable, fathomable thing. Well, when Donald Trump talks about women there, so he's usually rating them between one and ten. And you can see the women that Same. he thinks are <laughs> you can see the women he thinks of like his daughter that he thinks well she's not really a woman, she's sort of one mm. of us. Mm. and most women for him are othered mm. and Mike Pence is the one who said you shouldn't go for a dinner with a woman in case you have sex with her
3: yeah. and so
0: men should not socialise with women or Donald Trump said well what did you expect putting men and women together in the military talking about how many rapes there'd been in the military, what did you expect mm-hmm. it's like well we didn't expect anyone to rape anyone, that's what we expected <laughs> that's normal, we had, we had <laughs> we high had hopes together all the the time we're all the t- together all the time what are you talking about there is anotherness coming from there and the more countries that can go in the direction of new zealand and have either female prime ministers or leaders who have maybe have a female friend and yeah that they don't who are female that they don't rate
1: between Hell one are and yeah. ten i mean like they need their gale to their oprah you know what i mean like if i saw oh, if i saw a point, like yeah. a male you know leader prime minister whose best friend was a girl i'd be kind of like cool, man. <laughs> it be, like, kind of legit. It's really interesting to see people, especially with, like, all this, like, Weinstein stuff and, and all of that, how men to become, like, you know, allies, they can't contextualise it in any other way as a part... That's uh, not their personal... Um, kind of relationship to the thing so it's the whole thing of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck it's oh, like yeah. I have daughters I have sisters I have mothers and those are the only forms of woman that exist right like and this lack of empathy for like just like if I you know. own a woman I
0: didn't own a woman before <laughs> exactly. but now I've now I've owned one of my own I can understand oh they're human people with feelings yeah then my not, eyes are open they're more than tits
1: yeah, and it's like the whole thing on Twitter, isn't it? It's like, it's even though they're well, in, they're, the intentions meet and they mean well by trying to relate to a woman like that, it's just kind of backfired a little bit because it's
0: like, well... I mean, mm. They never say, well, I don't want bad things to happen to men because I have a son. There's just an understanding that men are people. Yeah. And women can only be understood through paternal... Yeah. Through who they are Owners.
4: approximate to. Yeah,
0: yeah. who, who yeah. by their ownership. Which this, is
4: why Rose introduced me as her friend... I'm my own person.
1: Don't clap that. No, she doesn't need the encouragement. She does not need the encouragement, all right? That's disgusting. You've always said that you would be Prime
4: Minister one. I think yes, Alice Yes, I be. did, yeah. Uh,
0: do you still think you could yes, be? Yes, yeah. Uh, are you quite political, Alice?
4: Yeah, I am pretty political, yes. Uh, I grew up in a very, like, political household. My parents are very politically engaged, and so...
1: Sorry, I didn't want to laugh at that. I'm so yeah. sorry. I
4: don't, no, no, thought... please, go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alice's parents um, always have a sign, a, a hand-painted political sign outside yeah. their house, you know, sticking it to the man and I just made me laugh for a second because it's always the same
0: sign or do they change
4: it? No, no, my mum updates it. It's, ha- it's hand-painted. It that looks say? like a child <laughs> could
0: you Could you give me an example of what this sign says? Yeah,
4: I mean, I have a bit about it. Like, I remember one time, like, during the George Bush administration, she had one up and it said, don't be ambushed.
0: Oh, <laughs> With just it, Bush pun- in capitals. Is it pun-based?
4: Oh, it's not always pun based. Like Christmas, sometimes she'll do satire. (laughs) She'll try. Like during Christmas, she did the outline of Bethlehem, which is the birthplace of the Christian Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's not a laugh line. (laughs) And from the outline of Bethlehem, she did a speech bubble saying, It's a girl. Wow. I'm gonna tell her to listen to this because that has never worked. (laughs) But everyone in the neighborhood was just confused and thought she'd had another baby.
0: (laughs) You're both young, vibrant, clever, (laughs) clever young New Zealand women. One's younger, yeah. What what can we do to take more leadership roles given we're not generally being offered them? And often there's a tendency to marginalise women, Mm. especially in roles of leadership. We often have to fight for them. What can we just do every day? So if people are listening to this podcast at home, what can they do to take more leadership? Because now I realise, Alice, you're going to be the Prime Minister. I think I want your advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
4: let it be heard here first. Well, no, the one piece of advice, and I don't know if someone gave it to me or if I just, like, gave it to myself. Um, (laughs) So this could
0: be Maya Angelou or something you just thought of. Yeah,
4: definitely I'm appropriating someone else's better advice. (laughs) Um, But somebody once told me, it was me, uh, like, no, to do things before you think you can, because that's the male psyche. I think, actually, maybe I learned that in improv, because they talk about it a lot when they taught it to us. Because like, you have a backline when you improvise, and or the way I got taught it, so you start off on a backline. So everybody's standing on the back, and then to enter a scene, you have to step forward. So it's like a very like literal um, representation of like what it's like to you know step into something and put yourself into it. Because in the improv scene I was in, there's like everyone is a man, and they would be like, if you're a woman, just step forward. And I genuinely believe like that practice of improvising, of like having to just like step into stuff just gave me that confidence outside of that as well. So, I know what you
0: mean, that kind of yes-and feeling.
4: Yeah, well, it's just that, like, uh, my brothers, like, I don't feel like they question themselves that much, you know? They'll just, like, do something. They'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah I'll it's do like it. It's like Paul
0: saying, I could fly a plane. It's that, that, yeah, exactly. and, I like, I can s-
4: fly a plane, too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let it be is that, Yeah, is that kind of going into things? My impro teacher, Patty Styles, she used to say, if you don't know what to do in an improvisation scene just have your character say, I know exactly what to do. Oh, really? And then your brain will just offer you something. <laughs> and sometimes I do that in life. <laughs> yeah. I have nothing. And I, but if I say I, have, I know exactly what to do, it's exactly what... Did you, anyone see that viral video that, with Reese Witherspoon talking about women in Hollywood? And she said in movies, a woman will always turn to a man and go, everything's gone wrong. Like... What should we do? I've mm. got no idea what to do. And she said, in real life, have you ever known a woman in a crisis? Turn to a man and go, I've got nothing. <laughs> yeah. She said, children are told go and find a woman if you're lost. They're told. Totally. Don't, they're not, no one says to their child, go and find a bloke.
1: Yeah. drinking a
0: bit. They say, go and find a lady and tell her you're lost and she will fix everything magic. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: that's... She'll take you in. She'll take you yeah. in. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And it, that is such a... Um, when I was little, I, all I wanted to do was become uh, a film director. And from a very, very young age, I was like, I want to direct a film. As part, I was into acting and all of that stuff, but directing a film was like, oh, I love films. I want to do that. And it's really interesting, as a teenager... Boys are more inclined or more supported or more encouraged to get into the technical side of what, you know, film is a specific kind of area where it's like if you're technically, you know, uh, 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 capable of doing that stuff, that's your path. That you go down, you know, areas of directing and telling people. And it's so it, it's so funny how much you miss out on, especially in that area of film, with having a woman be uh, in a role of leadership, being able to collaborate with people genuinely and talk to, because I think auteurship is such a, Masculine concept, and you very rarely like see people talk about yeah. woman in film as auteurs. Even though like Catherine Bigelow, she's a, she is an auteur. Like yeah. you know, but she's a, not she's not talked about an auteur. An auteur absolutely. is like
0: a Woody Allen or an Alfred Hitchcock, yeah. or really another, guys who's another, another, another way yeah. of, you know, exactly yeah. another way Harvey Weinstein. These yeah. people are auteurs, mm-hmm. and there's a power trip. Totally. To it doesn't have to be like that, but there is a power trip that often we can see that power coming out in other unsavory ways. Absolutely. That's why I want to do that kind of collaborative leadership with you with that song,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because the more you can catch the other person's eye and say, are you there? What are you going to do now? And just more intuitively throw to each other and work together. I think the better leadership is. Totally. Absolutely the better leadership is. And I know that democracy is much more difficult than two versus of when the saints come marching in. But, <laughs> and filmmaking is too. But I thought I was terrified of it. I did a, film, a short film course directing. Mm-hmm. And I was terrified of it because I honestly thought, I'll get really dithery. And as soon as my time started, I became... Fascistic is too strong a word. But <laughs> I was just like, quiet on the set. All right, action. <laughs> and then this guy kept forgetting his lines because he wouldn't learn them properly. It was awful. But I just kept going, Cut! Your line is this. Basically shouting at him, I want to be in that number. And <laughs> making him go again. I was extraordinary. I didn't know myself. And my friend apparently said that someone said to her, oh, I wouldn't want to be on her set. She's terrifying. And my friend told me that. And I was like, I love that because I, yeah. I can always tone it down. And I was the only one that got it in the can. Set. So I mean, it wasn't very good, but I got it, and that was my main thing. <laughs> Who is Charity of the Week? Are you here? Could, do you mind coming to the front and grabbing the mic? I'll, I'll pass you the mic, because then people will hear at home. Oh, can you just and that was... <laughs> you took the microphone
1: out
3: of the lead. That's oh, fantastic. Thank you. Leadership. <laughs> Thanks very much, Deborah. So, my name is Karen Tasker, and I'm a supporter of the Auckland Women's Centre. <laughs> so, you
0: know,
3: um, so, the centre works with all women, and particularly women who face multiple challenges Māori and Pacifica women, single mums, domestic and sexual violence survivors, migrant and LGBT women. We provide women's support so, that's free information, advice, referral, and support available to all women via drop in, email, or phone. We've got low-cost personal counselling and our counsellors specialise in issues affecting women. We charge on a sliding scale depending on income because high-quality counselling shouldn't be a luxury, only a few can afford. Education in groups. Our affordable community education improves women's wellbeing. So women gain confidence, build friendships and learn new skills. Taught by experienced tutors, our courses change with the needs of our community. And we provide a voice for women's equality in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Our community forums bring women together. These forums build networks, raise awareness and develop solutions. We don't shy away from controversial issues, women in prisons, homelessness, the fabulous Clementine Ford and women's poverty. We run the Auckland Pay Equity Coalition. So that's 22 groups lobbying government for a fair pathway to equal pay and we organise the Coalition for the Safety of Women and Children, which is 11 groups addressing policies that enable the systemic abuse of women and children.
0: So on your way out, you've all paid for your tickets, so you are absolutely not obliged, but if you have um, $5, $10, or even $1 to put in the 10 We'd really appreciate it. Where can people donate at home? Can you give us a website?
3: So just go to the Auckland Women's Centre website. Auckland
0: Women's Centre
3: website. And you can sign up to be part of our newsletter and mailing list as well and hear what we're up to. Thank you so much. Big round of applause. You're doing
0: amazing work.
3: (laughs)
1: the guilty feminist on Twitter at guilt fem pod check out our instagram instagram.com forward slash the guilty feminist like our Facebook page sign up to our mailing list to get notified as soon as a new episode is released and please go to iTunes and rate review and subscribe it helps other people find the podcast everybody no one in the audience know does listen to it but we uh, me and Alice do another podcast called Bonus of the heart and oh, um, oh yeah great some people listen great basically Deborah, we talk about inappropriate bonus, we have, um, four people. But yeah, no, go um, and download it if you want to. we just released a new episode about um, Halloween.
0: Brilliant. Uh, and <laughs> and Alice, all of the psychopaths you Alice, to do you also have to. a television show to plug?
4: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it feels so strange to plug it. It's a show that I am uh, head writer on and Rose is one of the stars of. And it's going to be on TV3 at Sometime. some point. Yeah, yeah, it's called Funny Girls and it's, it's third season. <laughs> I'm loving it. Please watch it. Oh, actually, and I do have a web series coming out on TVNZ On Demand, so you should go see that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Oh, it's called What, How, Me. Uh, Yeah. Look out for it. It should be good, I think. Uh, (laughs) uh, I haven't seen it yet. Do that right now.
0: I have another podcast called Global Pillage. It's at globalpillage.net, and it's a diversity-based comedy panel show. Um, So basically, like, you know, those shows that you see on the television, like seven days that you have here, except we let women play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White. Yes, Carlos Rose Matafael. And our very special guest, Alice Sneddon. And this is Tom Solisky from the Spotted Shop. Thanks to everyone at the town hall, or- Jeffrey and Australian Property Management, and all of you for listening. And for more information
2: about this, and for episodes,
0: GuiltyFeminist.com She'll take you in. She'll take you <laughs> in. Yeah, it's our
1: foster families to begin. Um, that's not.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's first, how what? Just the, yeah, the official guilty feminist advice. If a child says I'm lost, you cannot just take them home. That's that Rose Matafeo. That's my.
1: I'll say that on my own podcast. Yeah. Um, Rose
0: Matafeo's views are not necessarily yeah. those of the guilty feminist. If it comes to kidnapping I think we're going to have
1: girls. to put that warning just on the top of this episode. <laughs> for yeah. The whole thing. I'm um, to be good.